We are five days away from fundamentally transforming the United States of America. You know, this Marxism-Leninism ideology is being pumped into the soft heads of, of, of at least three generations of American students. America first. You could put half of Trump supporters into what I call the basket of deplorables. Change the perception of reality of every American to such an extent that despite of the abundance of information, no one is able to come to sensible conclusions. For too long, a small group in our nation's capital has reaped the rewards of government while the people have borne the cost. The racist, sexist, homophobic, xenophobic. Welcome back. My name is Sherry Wilson. I am the host of We the Deplorables. And if you listened to last week's episode, I guess you also found out that we're now terrorists. Yep. If you don't believe in getting a COVID vaccine for whatever reason, maybe personal right, health issues, etc., religious exemption, if you believe the election was stolen from the American people, and if you are opposed to the January 6th commission, according to the Biden administration, you're now a terrorist. So we'll just add that to the labels that they are putting on us. We're going to continue our discussion of reading, writing, and racism, part three. So CRT proponents refuse to acknowledge the progress that America has made concerning race. Um, and they, like I've you know, said a couple times that science and math are oppressive because it was created by white folk, which is why... Uh, a disproportionate number of black children graduate without knowing how to read. I mean, it's awful. Um, in uh, American Marxism by Mark Levin, CRT proponents deal in group stereotypes and prejudices, whether talking about perpetrators or victims based on race, etc. Assumptions are made about individuals grounded on their physical, religious, ancestral, and other characteristics. Okay. So they believe that racism is actually ordinary and common. It's not aberrational. It's not something that happens in dumb people, or it's not something that maybe is in a particular society or city that needs to be addressed. It's just ordinary. Every white person is racist. Therefore, racism is rampant, conscious and unconscious, and minorities are relentlessly victimized. There's no cure either, according to CRT proponents saying colorblind or formal conceptions of equality and treating all the same is impossible because again whites are racist and they'll always deal with minorities sorry about that guys that's my reminder to pray <laughs> uh, but we're inherently racist we'll always deal with minorities in racist ways so widespread white privilege and supremacy are a scientific fact I'm not sure why they're calling it critical race theory then, because theory is not proven, but just know it's scientific. That's just how it is. Because, quote, racism advances the interests of both white elites and working class whites. A large sum of the population, uh, there's little incentive to eradicate it. So they create incentive, see, by riots and burning people's businesses down. Where Marx saw the haves as oppressing the have-nots, CRT people believe it's now whites oppressing everybody else. 
They also hold that race and races of uh, products of are our products of social thought and relations. Well, well, wait. If ra- if races and ethnic groups are just products of social thought, in other words, we made them up, then how can we be racist? Because there's no such thing. I don't know. That's just that's how they operate. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I don't know how they can even form sentences together because nothing they say makes sense. They contradict themselves all of the time. So, you know, the question is, well, how is racism possible then if race is a figment of our imagination? Now, CRT was a pseudo-scholarship hatched by a small group of Marxist law professors led by uh, uh, Derek Bell. Uh, I think he has since passed away, um, which is probably a good thing for our nation. Uh, But he uh, says something here. Let's see. The late Derek Bell, a Harvard law professor, is considered by some to be the founding father of modern critical race theory. Thomas Sowell, who's another professor, knew Bell and also had little regard for Bell or his ideological movement. He believed Bell was not competent to teach at Harvard and earlier Stanford Law School and denounced Bell for demanding not only that people be hired by race, but they be hired to fit Derek Bell's ideology. Indeed, it appears Bell's personal setbacks and criticism from colleagues and students alike affected his view of life and victimization. In his 1992 book, Inside American Education, The Decline, The Deception, The Dogmas, Sal writes of Bell that he argued that direct action is more effective than law, that reform requires confrontation, which can't be intellectualized. While admitting that few minority scholars have national reputations or are frequently published in major law reviews, Bell attributed this to White's exclusion of them. Blacks with a different outlook are dismissed by Bell as people who merely look black but think white. Bell was critical of most civil rights advances that had come before, including the Civil Rights Acts and Supreme Court decisions, such as Brown v. Board of Education, and the ideas of color, blindness, merit, and equal opportunity. He argued that they served the interests of the white elite by masking ongoing and indeterminable racism, the so-called, quote, interest convergence dilemma. For Bell and his adherents, there can be no neutral law, decisions, or actions, as they are all affected by the white-dominant culture and white privilege. As with Marx before, the societal slate must be wiped clean. It is our hope, wrote Bell, that scholarly resistance will lay the groundwork for wide-scale resistance. We believe that standards and institutions created by and fortifying white power ought to be resisted. Decontextualization, in our view, too often masks unregulated, even unrecognized power. In other words, being colorblind, things like that, um, is masking, masking the racism. Now... If anybody had a negative critique of his ideas, um, then his, quote, righteous cause was met with the charge of both white arrogance and white ignorance. Thus, no criticism of Bell or CRT is said to be legitimate. In fact, it's evidence of the systemic white system. Now, there were prominent critics of Bell's theory, including the late Reverend Martin Luther King Jr.'s chief of staff, confidant and friend, Dr. Wyatt uh, Walker. He rejected it. He wrote an essay about it in 2015, recognizing it as Marxist and, quote, taking us in a in the wrong direction, separating even elementary school children into explicit racial groups and emphasizing differences instead of similarities. So 
basically he's saying it's not helping the cause. See, you know, if you are saying that whites are inherently racist, you're fighting racism with racism that will actually cause more racism. You know, there are crazy white people out there that you push them too far. There's no telling. It's scary. But you've also got black people that are attacking white folk just because they're white, because of some of this crap they've been reading and they've been told in school systems. And so when you think about like, let's take, for example, this whole gender thing that there's no such gender. It's also a, a, a social construct. Okay. Minus the fact that men have, you know, male organs and women have female organs. That doesn't matter. So you take this. Well, the unintended consequence is that the rights of women that were fought hard, the right to vote, to own property, etc., uh, equal pay, you're actually undermining that. And now you can have biological men playing in women's sports to where women can't get a victory. It's like ruined sports, like all these other people that have ruined football and track and everything else that they touch. They literally corrupt and destroy everything they touch. It's demonic. And so Dr. Uh, or Mr. Wyatt recognized this. He recognized this would actually cause tremendous problems. And this is what academia is bringing to a school near you to teach your children. It's no longer at just higher education levels. It's now in your kid's school and even in small town America. And its purpose is to create activists that will tear down this country, that hate this country. In fact, it's been here for at least 10 years. 1989 was a pivotal year. And it's been in the market or the workplace, well, marketplace under diversity training. COVID exposed it. So as parents began to hear what their children were being taught, they got very, very racist and doxing us. Parent Chantel Cooper is one of the many parents in Loudoun County, Virginia, who, at a series of town meetings, objected to teaching woke critical race theory to their kids. We want action in the backbone for what we asked for today, to ban CRT. Parents, the longer that you... Teacher Lilith Van Etzen said the parents are doing the right thing by pushing back. These children are the future of this country. They cannot stand up for themselves. They cannot speak for themselves. They fear retaliation. It's up to us adults, parents, and teachers alike to come together and speak up for them for the sake of this country. She says you don't have to fear cancellation. There's strength in numbers. It's important for us to form an alliance with local parents, teachers, and students so that we can have an army of like-minded individuals who simply want the best. So it doesn't stop here. It's, this is just the beginning, but we are excited to be part of this, and we have to keep moving forward for the sake of our children. These meetings between parents and school administrators became ground zero in the fight against woke education. In China, One of those parents was a Virginia mom named Xi Van Fleet, who immigrated to the U.S. after enduring Mao Zedong's oppressive regime. She used her first-hand knowledge of totalitarianism to slam the school board over its support of the controversial critical race theory. You are now teaching, training our children to be social justice warriors and to loathe our country and our history. The uh, communist regime used the same critical theory to divide people. The only difference is they use class instead of race. She then directly compared what's going on in the United States to Mao Zedong's decade-long purge. This is indeed the American version of the Chinese communist, the Chinese cultural revolution. 
The critical race theory has its roots in cultural Marxism. It should have no place in our school. She went on Fox News Channel to elaborate further. What's going on in our school and in our country is really a replay of the Cultural Revolution um, in China. It's cancel culture. We basically cancel the whole Chinese civilization pre-communism. And we changed our school names, street names, store names. We changed even our personal names. To me, every American should follow her example before it's too late. I just want people to know that the freedom is fragile and uh, we can lose it any time if we don't defend it. And in Loudoun County, people are heeding her words. Fed up parents there have launched a fiery new ad campaign. Parents and teachers are fighting back. They're recalling the six school board members who stood by and did nothing while parents were targeted. And parents may have been slow to wake up to this, but they seem to be awake now. There's a backlash coming against this, and it could be nationwide. Freedom is fragile. I love that quote um, from that lady from China. And uh, so, you know, I mean, when you think about it, you know, these parents are getting upset, but it's not just white folk. I mean, there's people of different minorities, different races, different ethnicities that are having a fit about this being taught in our schools. And some of them are those that are actually mixed races. I mean, all of a sudden, a white dad or mom, you know, is viewed as a white supremacist because of the color of their skin by their own children. In spite of being married to a person of color, see, to the CRT people, the person of color who married the white person is, they may look black, but they're thinking white, see? And, I mean, I cannot believe, I heard a report on, uh, I think it was Tucker, where children gasped in their classroom because a white poet was being studied. And so I think the pushback from school boards, teachers, and even the Biden men on CRT was shocking to these parents. They didn't understand, you know, and they're like, I mean, why, why would they support this stuff? Well, you can guarantee that the politicians are just pandering to their base and the base allows them to pander. They need to stop. But he signed, Biden signed executive orders to support CRT. And he reversed all of President Trump's orders to stop this insidious indoctrination in our government, our military, our schools. Now, he's also an American Marxist. And he's too far gone in Alzheimer's to even know what he's doing. He's just been told he needs to do this. Listen to this report. CRT leading to the expulsion of three students from an elite private school in Ohio. Columbus Academy saying two moms breached their contract by leading a campaign against the woke curriculum. Here to discuss those two Ohio moms and co-organizers of the pro-CA coalition, Amy Gonzalez and Andrea Gross. Ladies, thanks for being here. Look, I'm a new parent, so I've got a few years, hopefully, before I have to worry about any of this. But this infuriated me to think that something that I did could impact my kids in such a negative way. What do you think is going through the mind, Andrea, of an adult to punish innocent kids like this? Well, I just feel like it's just, um, unfortunately, when you're speaking out and you're trying to... um, 
say your truth. Unfortunately, there are people that want to retaliate against you. And in this case, it's not that they retaliated against us. They actually retaliated against our children who are innocent. It is absolutely sickening. Amy, here's part of the letter expelling your kids. Quote, you have engaged in a campaign against Columbus Academy for a sustained and increasingly inflammatory series of false and misleading attacks. Your actions cause pain and even fear for physical safety among students, families, faculty, and staff. I'm going to play lawyer here, Amy. Did you say anything that was false? No, we try to, um, in the best way possible, represent um, and speak up not only for our children, but also for our teachers. Right. Um, at a private school, they, they do not have a union. Um, I, I believe a lot of it is coming from the National Association of Independent Schools. We've never been about banning any speech. We'd like to expand speech. But our students um, are not only not supported, but our teachers as well. We, um, we feel like, how are they going to come forward? They have one-year contracts, of which whenever, if they have any grievances, they don't have an HR department. Wow. They have to take that to the head of school as well. And we asked for a confidential reporting line for our teachers, and um, it was denied. denied. Amy, to follow up there, did you threaten anyone's physical safety? Oh, my goodness, no. No, not at all. We would never do that. Nevertheless, they're We're doubling down. Questions. Yeah, along those lines, Andrea, nevertheless, the school doubling down on the expelling of your kids. Quote, any parent who waged a public campaign of false and misleading statements and inflammatory attacks would be in clear violation of the enrollment agreement and would be denied re-enrollment for the following school year. I read that a different way. Isn't that saying, Andrea, if you dare question us regarding your kid's education, we will expel your child? Yes, I mean, I think apparently that's not only what they said, but that's what they did. Amy, what's they, next? Our kids. Yeah, what's next in your fight, Amy? And where do the kids go in the fall, which is fast approaching? Yeah, that's the unfortunate thing. They they just did this a couple weeks ago. Um, we received the letter. We also asked for an appeal. They um, sent us a letter stating that we were not entitled to, nor would we be provided any documents. Um, they have two large law firms representing them, one of which uh, the signature of that attorney is one that was also on our board and helped make the determination that our kids would be expelled. So we're, we're kind of scrambling and trying to figure it out right now. Both figuring out the legal process from here on out and, of course, where your kids are going in the fall, correct? Oh, yeah, that's the most important thing. We want to make sure our kids are settled and, and feel comfortable. It is an unbelievable situation. We're so sorry that you have to go through it, but we appreciate you speaking out and being warriors in this fight. Andrea and Amy, please touch base with us again. Let us know how the kids are doing. And how so these two moms had their students expelled because they began to question some of the things that were being taught um, over uh, mass and critical race theory. Very, very interesting. And uh, uh, tonight, hope you had a terrific Fourth of July. It's a day worth celebrating. Despite what you may read day in and day out, this is still a great country. Where else are you going to go that's better? Nowhere. America's still full of happy, decent, independent minded people. The attitudes of our leaders may have changed dramatically in recent years, and they have, but the virtues of our population have not changed. That's the good news. The bad news is the people in charge are working hard to make Americans hate our own country. If you made the mistake of going online this weekend, you saw them pouring out their misery on social media. 
Instead of enjoying hot dogs and fireworks with the kids they don't have, they were on Twitter yelping about slavery and white supremacy and what a terrible place the United States is. It's easy to ignore people like this. You just turn off your screen and then go live your life. Unfortunately, it is much harder to shield your children from them. That's the problem. Case in point, last week, the largest teachers union in the country, the National Education Association, announced that its new and first priority is making anti-American indoctrination, race-based indoctrination, mandatory in every classroom in the country. All K through 12 schools, the union declared, must teach children that, quote, white supremacy, anti-blackness, anti-indigeneity, racism, patriarchy, cis, heteropatriarchy, capitalism, ableism, and anthrocentrism are embedded in every aspect of American society. So if you're a straight white American, even if you're a very small child, you are guilty. It's your fault. You're a bad person. That's what teachers will be telling your children this fall. The teachers union ended the statement with this line, which is so hilariously revealing that it does belong in a museum somewhere, and we hope it makes it. Quote, as the ancient African proverb says, know thyself. The African proverb. Except it's not an African proverb. Know thyself is, of course, Greek, as any literate person knows. It was inscribed by the ancient Greeks in the temple of Apollo at Delphi. But the teachers union, the teachers union did not know this. So not only are these people crazed ideologues, they are stupid. Your children are being taught by some of the most ignorant people in the country. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I got a pause. See, that's why I like Tucker. You know, I mean, he's like, you're stupid. These people are stupid. And it's true. But the way he says it, you know, it just makes me makes me laugh. How'd that happen? God knows how it happened. But you better not complain about it or else Joe Biden's Praetorian Guard will denounce you on television as a racist. But the former vice president tonight also joining the rest of the GOP, pushing false right-wing talking points about the teaching of critical race theory. Gates and the other Trumpers want critical race theory to just be a foghorn. There are no more dog whistles. This is about the woke left making the white man pay for things. Claims of reverse racism have been the bread and butter of the modern Republican Party for decades. And now they have a new boogeyman to latch on to, critical race theory. Uh -huh. It's a boogeyman. It's not real. You imagined it. You're crazy. Despite the fact the teachers union just spelled out in a document calling for more, yes, critical race theory. But if you notice that, if you object in any way to the current obsession with race, the one subject no normal person really wants to obsess over, then you yourself are obsessed with race and you must be stopped because you're dangerous. <laughs> That's what they're saying. Not just a few of them. All of them are saying that. And as always, they're saying it in unison. So what does the average person do about this? What does it take to fight back against it? And of course, you should be fighting back against it because everything is at stake. You can't have a multiracial democracy if people retreat into their tribes and hate each other, as this curriculum teaches them to do. So what do you do? Well, whatever you do, it's going to take some courage. Daniel Concanon learned that the hard way until a few weeks ago. Concanon was an administrator at Northwest Elementary School in Manchester, New Hampshire. Like so many school employees, he was then forced to participate in training about the fundamental moral flaws inherent to white people. As an American and a normal person, someone who admires Martin Luther King, he objected to this. 
On the other hand, he, like most people, had very little power to do anything about it. He wasn't a rich person. He was making about 30 grand a year. He needed the job. But in the end, his conscience would not allow him to participate in something this poisonous. So he resigned. And if you get a minute, look up his resignation letter. It's online. He ends it this way, quote, I wish the Trotsky disciples at Manchester School District nothing but failure in their ongoing quest for civilizational degradation. I leave you with the only verbal response befitting an attempt at anti-white indoctrination. F you. Well, it wasn't so long ago that Daniel Concanon and men and women like him would have been considered heroes. He's a man of conscience. He was willing to sacrifice his own job to do the right thing. But he's not considered a hero anymore. In fact, he's been effectively disappeared. You may not have heard his name until tonight. There aren't a lot of Daniel Con Cannons out there, and that's the point. The few that arise are muted so that no one will follow them. Corporate media has no interest in amplifying their stories, or the story of this guy. This man is a father who showed up at a school board meeting recently in Illinois and decided to tell a few obvious truths. Now, we're going to listen to that dad because he is one of my favorite uh, of this whole thing uh, as far as like, you know, black people even saying, hey, this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. But why is there so much pushback? I mean, I think I've laid out the case of a lot of what's going on here, right? But here's the thing. Free speech is threatening to their causes, and it has to be shut down. We're going to kick your innocent little kids out of our school because you dare to question us teaching critical race theory. We're going to force you to teach a doctrine that teaches children to hate each other by, because of the color of their skin. And therefore, we're going to force you to resign. We're going to say that all of this is made up by right-wing conservatives, the deplorables, the crazy, the terrorists. We're going to make you think that you don't know what you're talking about because it's not real. See, that's called gaslighting. That's what abusers do to people. They gaslight. They make you question what you know to be true. And so this is why there's been such a push against words that harm, right? And so the censorship of big tech and our own government is all over the place. Like, for example, today I post a graphic on uh, Facebook highlighting the various cost of things pre-Biden and now Biden. And uh, they're trying to say, well, it's because of the unexpected slow recovery that this isn't actually truth. We fact checked it and you're incorrect. So they're now censoring, uh, number one, my opinion, but also if that was the case, then why didn't these prices go up when Trump was in office? Because, again, it was shutting down the pipeline and killing uh, over 10,000 jobs his very first day. And, hey, we want dirty oil so we can line the pockets of Saudi Arabia and other people that hate our guts, but we can't have clean oil here in America. See? So they, they don't include that, but you're talking against their guy. For that reason... They got to say, oh, no, that's not correct, and put their stupid little um, fact check crap on your post, right? So that's why it is so important to educate ourselves, and we're going to have to push back. I want to recommend a book. It's not part of my recommended reading list, but Zach Voorhees, he was a whistleblower uh, on how Google literally changed their algorithms to target Donald Trump. 
it's called Google Leaks, an expose of big tech censorship. And the video is uh, that where he's interviewed is like 28 minutes long. And I've got the link in the show notes. But listen to just a few seconds of this at the beginning. Most dangerous to here we go. Josh, thank you for having me back. So what, what's your new book? It's a Google Leaks, a whistleblower's expose of big tech censorship. Yeah, so it's the backstory on how I blew the whistle uh, on Google, on the world's most dangerous totalitarian globalist corporation. Um, and really, it goes in depth on some of the stories that I really weren't appropriate for, you know, uh, you know, quick sound bites, you know, the top level stuff. Yeah, yeah. You, um, you get to the meat of it. In the other words, meat yeah. of it. Like how Google rewrote their news algorithms to specifically go after Trump. Well, why don't we start with that? Tell, tell us how that works. Yeah, so um, Google's got a bunch of different projects, and there's a bunch of slides right here, like real-time boost. So these are their actual slides? These are actual slides from the company itself. Let's just turn the page. So um, what, what, is, what is this? This is their scoring, and this is called real-time hive mind scoring. Hive mind. They, they, li they literally called it hive mind, right? <laughs> and, and get this, their main computer cluster is called the Borg cluster, right? A little job you write on this called a Borglet. So ex explain to readers who didn't watch Star Trek what that means, right? So th the Borg cluster is Google's internal name for their system of computers that they use to run all of their mass computing things, like when they crunch the world's internet websites to perform their search index you know, on Google search, they use the Borg cluster. And so this runs on the Borg cluster. It's called the real-time hive mind scoring system. And they literally built it, as you can see here, on, they rewrote it according to the fight that Trump was having with Comey. So the, they, they built it around Trump's fight with Comey. Yes. Wow. And so that was when Comey had his memo and all these things, and he was trying to, of course, go after Trump, and that was part of the whole Trump-Russia thing and all that. And uh, they were trying to say that Trump was trying to end the Russia investigation, and that, that was the whole scandal. So they built it during that time. Yes, right. And they also built this, like, clustering mechanism where they could uh, figure out how, through the use of trigger words and keywords and phrases, in order to make one story be a continuation of the previous day's story. Wait a second. So... I mean, people kind of suspect this is happening, that certain keywords trigger things within the algorithm. That is actually happening, though? That's actually happening. So you try to find one positive uh, article on the former President Trump, and, you know, I, I'm tempted to say I'd pay you 100 bucks. I mean, it is almost impossible. Google is dangerous. They're dangerous to this country. And they are um, also proponents of CRT and other Marxist ideologies. And uh, so I highly recommend getting educated in that. Again, that's Google Leaks, an expose of big tech uh, censorship by Zach Voris. Now, what you must understand is that CRT proponents have been pushing out CRT books at a very brisk pace, and they're getting them to teachers to indoctrinate them, whether they're in college to get their degrees or uh, post-college. They have a recommended reading list, which we talked about in one of the first um, podcasts on this topic, so that they can then indoctrinate our children. So let me read you an example of the chapters that are in one of the most popular um books here 
And I'm trying to find, okay, here it is. Um, it's called, Is Everyone Really Equal? An Introduction to Key Concepts in Social Just- Justice Education. Uh, a po- it's a popular book by Oslam Sinsoy and Robin D'Angelo. So here's the chapters. Chapter one, how to engage constructively in courses that take a critical social justice approach. Chapter two, critical thinking and critical theory. Chapter three, culture and so- socialization. Chapter four, prejudice and discrimination. Chapter five, oppression and power. Chapter six, understanding privilege through ably. ableism chapter seven understanding the invincibility of oppression through sexism chapter eight understanding the structural nature of oppression through racism chapter nine understanding the global organization of racism through white supremacy chapter 10 understanding intersectionality through classism chapter 11 yeah but common rebuttals chapter 12 putting it all together So CRT is everywhere. Institutions, schools, colleges, museums, military, big tech, corporation, media. Like if you look at how the 1619 Project got started, it was a series of essays written for the New York Slime. I mean, I'm sorry, New York Times. And we'll get into that again at a later one. But NBC had a 17-page article trying to convince everyone the CRT is not real. And it's just a fake crisis made up by white people, especially Trump supporters. So the authors of the book I read, the chapters have said that if a peaceful transition doesn't take place, then they'll do what happened in South Africa, a convulsive, cataclysmic change. These people are not playing around, and they are in the highest echelons of our government. Barack Obama had several associates They were part of the Weather Underground, which a lot of people think, well, it disappeared. There's still a Weather Underground. It's a known Marxist organization. They just are community organizers, of which Obama was a part of, Michelle Obama. But that's, by the way, community organizers, it's a nice term for trained Marxists. They're not stopping with just race, though, in our schools. The LGBTQ community are picking up how effective critical theory is, and it's working. I mean, you've got entire governments getting rid of pronouns based on gender. You can decide what gender you are in spite of having a penis or a vagina because that's all made up. Sex is made up. So even the House of Representatives are on adopting codes that eliminate anything that might be male and female. Let me give you an example. Here we go. Democrat made the comments while discussing how doctors dismissed her pain during her two pregnancies. I sit before you today. As a single mom, as a nurse, as an activist, and as a congresswoman, and I am committed to doing the absolute most to protect black mothers, to protect black babies, to protect black birthing people, and to save lives. Black uh, birthing people? I, I, I don't even know what that is. I don't know what a birthing person is. I mean, are, are you trying to take away the fact I'm a mother? I mean, this, these people are insane. And then you've got the uh, Biden administration supporting these ideas and instituting transgender ideology in every sphere of life from the schools, locker rooms, and sports teams. Let me read you a little something about that. This is, um, according to the Human Rights Campaign on their website, they have a section titled Transgender Children and Youth Understand the Basics. The group states, children are not born knowing what it means to be a boy or girl. They learn it from their parents, older children, and others around them. 
This learning process begins early as soon as a doctor or other health care provider declares based on observing the newborn's external sex organs, it's a boy or it's a girl. The world around a child begins to teach these lessons, whether it's the sorting of blue clothes and pink clothes, boys' toys and girls' toys, or telling young girls that they're pretty and boys that they're strong. It continues into puberty and adulthood as social expectations of masculine and feminine expression and behavior often become more rigid. But gender doesn't simply exist in those binary terms. Gender is more of a spectrum, with all individuals expressing and identifying with varying degrees of both masculinity and femininity. Transgender people identify along this spectrum, but also identify as a gender that is different from the one they were assigned at birth. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So now they're taking transgender ideology. They're now adopting critical theory. I, it, it is just unbelievable. The activism has reached into classrooms in an increasing number of states around the country. Five states and the District of Columbia have begun uh, mandating SOGI, Sexual Orientation and Gender Identity Curricula, and Sex Education and History, while 10 others have explicitly prohibited it. If Congress enacts a federal law under the Equality Act, it would usurp the state's authority on the issue and undermine political rights. Why are they doing this? Because Marx hates the nuclear family. Marxists want to destroy the nuclear family because a nuclear family is a happy family and they also have to work and pay their bills. Therefore, they are going to be capitalists. So all of this, all of this is intended to destroy the moral fabric of this nation, pit us up against one another, and create crises and chaos in the hopes that eventually they will overthrow our country. And, you know, people from other countries have been seeing this, especially those from different nations, and they've been speaking out. Uh, one of the recommended reading authors, I'm going to give you um, her book in a second. Her name is Melissa Tate. And I listened to her on a previous podcast. She's from, if I'm not mistaken, Zimbabwe. And she was talking about how, you know, when she came over to this uh, country, our country, into 2003, the racial thing didn't exist. You know, and she noticed when Obama was president that he was the one that introduced this whole theory on a wide scale. And she discovered it was a political agenda. Identity politics is a political agenda. She would, and she talks about how she was even called to ask if she was okay after George Floyd was killed. Like whites thinking they know what all blacks are thinking is condescending and racist, she said. And she's like, I didn't even know who he was. And then when I found out he was a criminal, I wasn't, you know, getting on the bandwagon for that. So blacks are very, very connected to their blackness above anything else, including church, she said. So they'll still go, but their race takes priority more than Christianity, and it's a filter for everything. So she said there's a lot of blacks that are very conservative and they're concerned at how left the Democrats are going. And then she talked about how 80% of black people are for school choice because, again, most black kids that graduate are illiterate in black neighborhood schools and they don't know how to do math. She called this true segregation and Democrat policies and schools need to focus on this. She also talked about BLM and how it's an LGBTQ movement to destroy the nuclear unit of the family. So why don't they support school choice? Because you can't have a Marxist revolution with successful people. And she also said there's actually a disconnect between the activists and the people in these communities that are suffering from defunding the police. 85% want more police. 
So she defined CTR as a worldview that looks at the world based on power structure, the oppressed versus the oppressive, and that is the root of Marxism. So I'll give you the name of her book in a second, but I've got to end with one of my favorite uh, guys who is against race, uh, critical race theory. He's a black man. He has two degrees. You got to hear him. She's pretty much going to be teaching kids how to hate each other, how to dislike each other. That's pretty much what it's going to, that's pretty much, I don't care what it's pretty much what it's going to all come down to. You're going to deliberately teach kids, this white kid right here got it better than you because he white? You're going to purposely tell a white kid, oh, the black people are all down to suppress. How do I have two medical degrees if I'm sitting here oppressed? How do I get, first of all, sign up, because only got five minutes, man, not five minutes. Two medical degrees. No mom, no dad in the house. Worked my way through college. Sat there and hustled my butt off to get through college. You gonna tell me somebody looked like all y'all white folks kept me from doing that? Are you serious? What's sickening about this whole thing is what y'all doing right now is already something I do in my community right now to speak out against stuff because black folks are getting told by other black folks, oh, you know you ain't gonna be able to do nothing out there in the world because them white folks ain't gonna let you get no, oh, you know you're not gonna be able to do it here because you know, white, the, the white man, the white man gonna keep you down. Well, how did I get where I am right now if some white man kept me down? How am I now directing over folks that look just like you guys in this room right now? How? What, what, what kept me down? What oppressed me? I work for myself from off the streets to where I am right now. You gonna sit here and tell me this lie of critical race theory? Of this, this, this the reason why black folks can't get ahead because of white folks? Are you kidding me? This is what we come to now. I can't believe we even talking about this right now. The last thing I'm gonna say right here is something that's crazy. Martin Luther King said he wanted his kids to grow up in a world where they are judged by the contents of their what? Character. Their character, not their skin. If they let this stuff go on right now, it is absolutely doing the complete reverse of what he's doing. So when February comes, don't talk about Martin Luther King. When February comes, don't talk about black history. Mother y'all gonna sit there and just pee, pee on his grave with this nonsense. That's exactly what's about to happen. When it all comes down to it, the person that's gonna be suffering from this, the ones that's gonna be hurt from this, is the kids. Yeah. Ten years from now, if this stuff goes on, whose fault is it gonna be? Whose fault is it gonna be? Who are we gonna look back on and blame for this? Because this is stuff we're talking about right now. This stuff is going on right now. I do this stuff on a daily basis. I'm in the hood. I'm in the communities. I'm out there with folks in their face. I've been doing this stuff since I was 18 years old, talking to black folks. And you know what? None of them are buying this nonsense. None of them are. But if you want to implement this into the school system, I guarantee you to the day that I die, I'm going to be the very person right there debunking stuff, tearing stuff down, letting them know they can do exactly what I did and get exactly where I am by putting themselves to work and getting there. And ain't not one white person ever going to keep any of them from getting there. So CRT stuff, BS. Bam. Bam. I love it. I love it. Here's what's sobering. We're going to end with this. I know I've gone a little bit long. I probably should have had the last episode a little bit longer. But CRT is in Christian churches and Christian schools. It's in private schools. It's where you least expect it. And the fact that Christians are adopting such hateful religious doctrine is quite frankly shocking. In the kingdom... Jesus said, there is no race. Paul wrote about it. He said, there's neither Jew nor Greek. There's not male nor female, slave nor free in the body of Christ. Meaning that none of those things should stop the believer from living in their purpose and their destiny. There's only one race. That's a kingdom race. The new man made in the image of Jesus Christ. The church should be one of the biggest opponents of this hateful and divisive divisive rhetoric. Does it mean that racism doesn't exist? Of course not. But you can't beat racism using racism. You can't beat it destroying the most giving and progressive nation in the world. So what do we do? Well, 
We own these schools. We pay the dues. We pay property taxes. We own the buildings. We pay for all of the materials. We need cameras in the classroom. Just like the virus exposed this because finally parents could see what their kids were being taught, we need cameras in the classroom. And what's in the teachers' contracts? How are they hired? How are textbooks chosen? What training do our teachers get? Use the Freedom of Information Act, FOIA, and get this challenge school union status. They're doing a lot of stuff they shouldn't be doing. I also have a link in the show notes where President Trump had an action plan to stop critical race theory. And uh, there's another website that you can go to that I'll have in the show notes as well called uh, noleftturn.us. And so what they're doing is they are working to expose this stuff, to get this stuff out, and um, to, to turn things around. So here are a few of the things that President Trump outlined. He said every state legislator should pass a bill on taxpayer dollars going to any school district or to pass a ban. Uh, of any tax dollars going to any school district or workplace that teaches critical race theory, which inherently violates existing anti-discrimination laws. Second, each uh, state should create its own 1776 commission to examine the public school curriculum and ensure that students are receiving a patriotic pro-American education, not being taught that the United States is an evil nation. Third, parents have a right to know exactly what is being taught to their children. Fourth, parents need to lo- organize locally in every school district in America to eliminate action civics and other versions of the effort to contort traditional civics e- education into a vehicle for political indoctrination. Uh, fifth, any parent who objects to the material taught to their child in public school should get an automatic voucher, empowering them to pick another school of their choice, because he says the government has no right to brainwash students. Second, or six, states need to back control of their school, schools of education and credentialing bodies to ensure they aren't churning out radicalized teachers. And states should set up alternative credentialing bodies that can certify great teachers who know how to instill a sense of love for our country. And finally, states need to break the tenure monopoly in K-12 schools. Tenure was originally supposed to protect competent teachers from being subjected to undue political influence, but instead it's turned into a mechanism to protect incompetent teachers who themselves wield undue political influence over our children. NoLeftTurn.us Check out your school district's Facebook pages, Twitter pages, Find out if they've hired someone just for inclusion and equity, which are code words for CRT enforcers who actually get paid more than the teachers get paid. Remember this, all that I've talked about, the next time you go to vote. The Democrat is a party of segregation, the Klan, an organized racist party in this country. They turned the hoses and the dogs on children and black people in the South. They are the historically racist party. The Republican Party is a party of Lincoln, but they have successfully shifted the narrative to deceive you to get your vote. Most Democrat politicians support things like abortion, gay rights, CRT, and other things that are designed to fundamentally change America for the worse. And you can check out their beliefs online. And don't fall for the fact that if they're Catholic, that means they don't support these things. That's no longer the case. You have to look up these people and what they stand for and then be informed the next time you go to the ballot box. We've got to take back our school system. 
recommended reading. I've got two. I've been uh, referring back to this one over and over. American Marxism, Mark Levin. But this one, this one's Melissa Tate. Choice, privilege. What's race got to do with it? Love her. Love her. Immigrant from Africa. You know, I've talked a lot about how I think immigrants are actually going to be what's going to save this nation. Not the illegals that have bought into the lie, but those that fought hard to become American citizens that recognize the socialist agenda that's occurring. I think they're going to play a big role. I do have some good news. By the way, on our Clovis Hub Instagram page, I post uh, a patriotic song list. Now, I'm not a country person. I do recognize that most patriots out there are. So I took a hit for the team. And I put together God Bless the USA by Lynn, uh, Lee Greenwood, Ragged Old Flag by uh, Johnny Cash, Courtesy of the Red, White, and Blue by Toby Keith, American Soldier by Toby Keith. And if you're reading this by Tim McGraw, if you want to get inspired, let's end this series with uh, some good news. Missing cat found after an extensive six-year search by his owner and local community. Last lost cat has been reunited with its owner after six years. Minnie Max, a gray and white cat with striking yellow eyes, managed to climb through a loose window screen from his Massachusetts home in August 2015, remained missing until he crossed paths with a vet who finally checked his microchip in July 2024. His owner, Margaret Gadsma, Kudsma, 56, 57, told Fox News she felt incredibly ha happy, grateful, and relieved when he was returned to her. I cried when I first received the call that he had been found. I hoped and prayed he would find his way home. She went on, I was never able to forgive myself for pushing for him pushing through the window screen. I deeply grieved his loss. loss. He vanished into thin air. Kudsma can't, didn't wait on the sidelines for his return either. She actively searched for the fiend line and even turned the Facebook page she started for me and Max into a nonprofit organization that's known as the Rescue Business in Peabody, Massachusetts. They're dedicated to protecting and caring for homeless cats while also providing support for their caregivers. My desperation to find him led to an unimaginable journey. Met dozens of people who have the goodness of their hearts. Spend countless hours rescuing and caring for stray and feral cats. They help me hand out flyers, hang posters, and search neighbors' yards. We set up feeding stations and night vision cameras in areas where sightings were reported. She even used unconventional methods like recruiting a search dog and contacting a pet psychic. Don't approve of psychics, but, you know, desperate people, I guess. Dozens of local cats were helped while Minimax remained lost, which she called a silver lining. Organization, the rescue business, provides shelter and food to outdoor cats in need. Many of their things have been uh, documented on their Facebook page. When Kudsma said she, while she utilized social media, she ran newspaper ads and sent flyers to local vets and their pet organizations to try to find Minnie Max. He remained missing until she got a call from a vet at the VCA Wakefield Animal Hospital. Minnie Max had been brought in by a family who lived in Rivera City that's roughly 10 miles away from her. Ultimately, the microchip led to his discovery. When Minnie Max went missing, was roughly a year and four months old. Now he's seven years old and three months. Minnie Max's disappearance brought together a community of cat lovers and rescuers and saved thousands of uh, lives of cats. All right, guys. Be of good cheer. We've got God on our side. And that vision I had of America coming back to life, 
I, I have faith in that. But it is going to take action. It's going to take being a voice. It's going to take being loud. It's going to take organizing and creating coalitions with others who also want to save this country. It's going to be a lot of discomfort and even some persecution. But it's worth it. This country's worth it. And so I just want to encourage you on the action steps. Ask Holy Spirit, what does he want you to do? Where does he want you to start? And go from there.